You are listening to Starshot, a Cortex actual play. I'm Kirby, your host and Game Master, and this is a Dorothy and Poke chapter. Where we last left off, you have managed to talk the police away from investigating basically the fuse checkpoint, but in doing so, uh, Liliana managed to take the semi-truck uh, like that delivery truck that all the clones were stored in for her own purposes, for whatever reason. And she left with Maris, her friend, right? And so uh, we played a little bit longer where you all loaded up the clones into the bus. And then you proceeded along um, paths that are kind of... Uh, well, some of it's public paths, but some of it's... Uh, a lot of it was like mostly known to just a few, uh, which is... Tom's uh, religious order, right? And then you reached another checkpoint, and this checkpoint had seemed to be like overgrown with uh, this weird like foliage, and the environment wasn't like safe to go out in, and there was no one at the checkpoint. And Terrence, your bus driver, was freaking out about it, uh, but you managed to encourage Terrence to uh, keep the bus moving forward onwards uh, until the uh, next checkpoint, I believe. Or do you guys want to uh, take the main road? We had just made the decision to to venture into the kind of more hostile part of the world soul territory. They like the teal stuff, right? So we opened on the bus. Uh, it is dead quiet at this point. The sun has dipped below the horizon, and uh, you are still a couple hours away from Stepping Stone. And this is you taking the most direct route that you can, although not necessarily the the safest. Uh, in the bus, many of the clones have started to go to sleep uh, in their places. Others are kind of getting a little anxious, and really only the handsome Johns are really maintaining their uh, their composure, as it were. Uh, everyone's been informed, and if they haven't, they're definitely already going to see it just looking out the bus windows. Uh, but you're not going through a safe way of the forest. Uh, This part of the forest has been overtaken uh, by the black and teal foliage uh, that is known to be a sign of the other. The evil personality of the world soul that has, whether you believe it or not, tends to have some of the more dangerous creatures and it definitely also includes just a dangerous atmosphere and your bus does not have enough uh, suits for everyone on board in order to handle that, uh, to handle any sort of contamination or breach in your little shell of a bus. As the bus rolls uh, along the road, it creaks to a stop. And looking out the windows, you're very clearly still not at Stepping Stone. You still have another hour and a half to go, and Terrence flags the two of you over. So I, I, I kind of get up, and, th- and this whole time I've been, even even as the clones kind of drift to sleep, I'm trying to keep an eye on the passengers for kind of, kind of subtle behavioral changes. I want to make sure that everyone is not suffering any ill effects from our current environment. Even even Dorothy, I'm kind of trying to keep an eye on her, but I, but I walk to the front of the bus. So Dorothy, Poke, uh, you join Terrence at the front of the bus, and you he doesn't really have to say anything. You see what the problem is right off the bat. And uh, these roads coming in and out of Stepping Stone, whether you take like the main public road or not, they're very slim um, because the idea is minimal damage to the environment, right? And so ahead of you is a semi-truck that dominates the whole road that's supposed to be a two, uh, two-way road, right? Uh, this semi-truck uh, appears to be powered off. Uh, you're kind of approaching it from its trailer. Uh, so you have a rear view, and you don't have like a good sight of the cabin itself, and you're not going to be able to maneuver the bus around it, uh, given the tree line that uh, banks east side of this road. What do you do? Uh, I kind of in, in a in a quiet voice, trying to keep it low, so not to, as to not wake or disturb anybody else in the bus. I talked. I, I asked Terrence. I said, Terrence, how many suits do we have again? Uh, well, last I counted, we have eight. So I think we need to go out there see what's happening with this semi-truck. I don't want us to risk all of our suits doing this. I certainly don't want to risk you. 
Are you okay staying in the in the, in the cabin while we, while we check this out? More than happy to. I'll have to set up the uh, off the pressurize the cabin anyways. Um, we're able to, uh, and he gets up from his seat and uh, begins tinkering with. Uh, basically, there's like this wall that can be brought down between the driver and the passengers, and so this is more for literally this exact situation, allowing you to leave without risking contamination of the rest of the bus. But before before it is that, I kind of I kind of put my hand up, like just just hold on a second. I and I I survey the our kind of clone passengers for a second, and can I can I can I make like a a check to see if I if I can recall which of the clones are kind of the sturdiest. Or kind of you know more of the of the labor labor you know doing the labor work kind of cl- clones here. Um, we can probably yeah let, let's go ahead and have you roll for that actually. Can it be like can it be a mental plus? Ooh, I don't even know. Is it plus no? Yeah, it'll be mental plus no. Um, your stakes is out of five, so this should be pretty easy. Okay, I got that's three and a four, so I got seven. Okay, awesome. So, yes, uh, you know that the uh, James clones and the uh, Valerie clones are out of this bunch, which this crop, as it were, comes from uh, a mall, so there isn't too much labor to be had. Uh, but out of this crop of clones, uh, they would be the they would be the most appropriate model that you're looking for. Sorry, is, is those the James and the what clones? Uh, sorry. Was... James and Valerie's? Valerie clones. Dorothy, I think we need to go out there and, and check out what's going on with this truck. I would suggest that we take a James and a, and a Valerie with us. I don't, I don't want to risk using all eight of the suits for a task like this in case we don't come back. But are you okay going out there with me? Of course. You're going to need some cover. All right. I look back in the, into the cab of the bus, and I try to see if there's a nearby Valerie and James who I can discreetly kind of call up. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, half asleep. Uh, you wave on a James to come approach. approach. Following after your, your demeanor, uh, he does so quietly, uh, getting up from his seat and just kind of like half hunched. Uh, he walks over. Hey, uh, yeah, what's, what's going on? What do you know about fixing cars, James? I definitely know a thing or two about fixing motors. Like, I could probably fix a car. Why? Uh, something wrong with the bus? There's another truck disabled in front of us that we might have to go repair. I don't think any of us want to stay around too much longer in this area, so I would love if you would help Dorothy and I and one of your other friends maybe could join us in taking care of this situation. Yeah, of course. I, I, I turn to Terrence and go, Terrence, can you keep in contact with us on the radio while we're out there? You know, knowing that you've, you've driven this bus for a long, for a, quite a while, we might need some of your help diagnosing a problem. We can probably uh, set up a nice little comms. Won't be strong enough if you go too far away from the bus, but uh, we can definitely set that up. If we go too far enough away from the bus, you know something is up. Please send a few more people with the remaining suits after us, if you could, Terrence. Absolutely, I'm. I'm sure it'll be a quick, quick work. And he's kind of like tugging at his collar as he glances over at the uh, disabled semi. I'm trying to project as much calm as I can here, both for his sake and everybody else. But you know. I'm definitely worried. Like I, I, I don't. I, I know the danger. I, I don't want to be here as, as much as anybody else does. But I'm hoping that by, by at least seeming calm and you know about it, that it, that it doesn't kind of get infectious. The, the fear. Um, is Valerie up the front? Is there is there a, a Valerie there yet? Yeah, uh, there was a Valerie that's uh, snoozing by the window, right where James was. I, I walk over and sit down next to her if, the, if their seat's open and kind of tap on her shoulder. Huh? <gasps> what? I, I put my I put my hands up kind of like a like. Hold on, hold on one second. She's wiping some drool off her face. Uh, are, are, we, are we stepping stone? What, what's going on? We're very close. My friend and, and I and, and, and James need your help with something real quick outside, if you wouldn't mind. We have a suit for you. Oh, yeah, sure. All right. Uh, I think we can probably just cut to you, all of you suiting up. Is Dorothy also going out? Yes. Uh, so you all suit up in these sort of like rugged suits, and you have these... Not fishbowl helmets, uh, but they're kind of clunky helmets. They're definitely last gen helmets with like a like vermilion like faceplate on, uh, and it definitely has like enough uh, oxygen for over, let's say like an hour, I think, uh, and will definitely uh, keep you healthy so long as it doesn't sustain any like tears or anything like that, right? The a lot of you uh, head out. 
uh, I think just the four of you, right? Uh, one Valerie, one James, and then the two of you. All right. Can I can I uh, can I ask a question here, Kirby? Yeah. I I poke. I I would like to as as we kind of get off the bus and maybe quite like slowly approach the truck. I'd like to do a quick glance around with xenology and eye for trouble and just try to look around for any signs of recent disturbance or kind of foliage out of place that may look a little threatening or basically any kind of signs of, of, of native threat. Is that okay? Uh, we can start with just a nose check, which is what your eye for trouble is attached to. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, we can absolutely do that. So I'll go ahead and roll to set the stakes and you go ahead and get your dice pool set up. Oh, maybe, maybe I'm sorry. So when I roll for the, with my specialty, I roll the base and the specialty. Correct. So I rolled an eight, a four, and a one. So I rolled a twelve total, but with sorry, yeah, twelve total, but with a one. Uh, what's uh, what size is the one? It's a D four. I'm going to give you a plot point to buy that from you. Got it. As you begin to fall out of the bus, uh, leaving very curious eyes, I think more and more of the clones are like slowly starting to like wake up as they uh, essentially try to watch you as far as they can um, from like the side windows without opening it, right? Uh, you walk up alongside the semi-truck, uh, and that's when you realize, as you see the logo against the side of the semi-truck, that uh, this is definitely at least one of the semi-trucks that was taken from the mall. If you recall, there were three semi-trucks and uh, that all the clones were loading into, uh, to include the one that Liliana stole from the previous session, and uh, this semi truck trailer has that same logo. Dorothy, I, I, so my eyes kind of go wide when I see that. If I try to kind of remain as outwardly calm as I can, I, I look. I look back at Dorothy, and I kind of give you like a just just above my waist, a little hand, like a flat palm to you. Just like hold on a second. I. Uh, and then I look back at the clones, and I kind of, and I, I'm trying to be as quiet as possible. And I, I kind of now, now I do like a two hand gesture. I'm like, just stay here, but with two two hands kind of facing up at the, at the back. I'm trying to tell them to stay at the back of the trailer for a second. As you're doing all this gesturing, you also notice another thing. You didn't just notice the logo on side of the trailer. Uh, you noticed something else, um, uh, especially since you rolled a heroic success. Which, by the way, uh, take a d6 hero die because yeah. you were, yeah. So. Um, as you're doing all this gesturing, uh, now that you're like beside the, uh, semi-trailer, you see in the tree lines, these pair of eyes and then another pair and then another pair. They are just watching you. These round circular yellow eyes that are glistening in the uh, moonlight. That's like threading through the branches and the leaves of the forest here. Are we talking like like a half dozen pair of eyes? We're talking like dozens. Uh, right now, you're looking at half dozen. I, again, I look at Dorothy. Now again, I kind of I give you like a little like I I I subtly nod towards the tree line to try to get you to notice. Dorothy, you definitely knows uh, the same thing as soon as Pope like lets you know. I, I, and I kind of gesture for you to come really close to me. All right, I head on over. So, are, is our communications or our suits through radio or or? Do, or, I presume because they're like airtight, we're, t- we're talking through some kind of like electronic communication, right? <laughs> it's weird, like, like having watched the Expanse, I, I really chose to do that thing where you like touch helmets and talk to each other that way. Yeah, if that's what you want to do, we can absolutely do that. So trying to be as silent as possible, but also not do it in a weird way. Hopefully, Dorothy knows what I'm doing. I uh, I kind of lean in and touch hel- touch my helmet to hers. And I, and I kind of give, I kind of give like a little, a little subtle like choke or, or, or hand across the throat, like cut, cut the radio for a second, kind of gesture. I do so. Dorothy, does Dorothy have her gun on her? Always, do. Dorothy, just understand, please don't use that thing until we know we're under, we're under grave danger, or we're under grave threat. Okay. What do you mean by that? Do you see what's in the tree line? Yes, but. So right now they're not attacking us or threatening us. Let's, but you know what this truck is, right? It's what came before us, back at the mall. I'm worried what's in the back of this truck, but before we do anything, we need to see what's in the front. Can you walk with me slowly and quietly to the front of the truck, but keep an eye on that tree line? If I see motion, I'm opening fire. Don't, Dorothy, please don't open fire until we know we're in danger. Leave that up to me to judge. And I'm, I, I, I kind of start inching my way up towards the front of the truck, but keeping my, I, I basically have my back on the truck. Uh, so you inch your way forward, Dorothy eyeing the tree line, with her rifle uh, at the ready, uh, and the other two clones just 
glancing off in that direction, uh, stealing themselves and trying to follow after you. When you get to the head of the semi to the cabin, you see that uh, the windows have been broken, that one of the doors is practically hanging by a single hinge, uh, and that the hood's already been popped and propped it up. Uh, can, I, can I put my hand to the, the side of the truck? Like, just, like, like basically, I know, I know we're at the cab, but I want, I want to kind of reach back and just put my hand to the side of the actual trailer of the truck and just feel if I feel anything at all, like vibrations, movement, anything. All right, uh, why don't you go ahead and do another nose check for me, please. Uh, I have rolled a one, which isn't relevant right now because there's no opportunities to capitalize on, but I have rolled a total of four. So I'm going to roll an uh, eight and a, a D and a D4, and I'm going to get a, a ten. Not terrible, six and a four. I'll take it. <laughs> nice, okay. Uh, so you're going to get another uh, hero die, uh, which is going to be a D8. Uh, so, yeah, you don't feel any sort of movement within the trailer itself for a hot second. Just as you're about to take your hand off, uh, that's when you do feel a gentle vibration, uh, as if something or someone was trying not to move too much within the trailer itself. Uh, I, I look at you, Dorothy, again, and I kind of, keeping my hand on the trailer, I kind of make like a... I, I, give you like a, a nod like a, a knowing nod but but i try to make you notice that my hands on the trailer you feel something I, I, yeah I, I do so something's something is moving in there but moving quietly it's either something's alive in there oh, hopefully it's what we want it to be alive that or they're hoping they don't notice us so they can go in for the kill as soon as we open it up what do you want to do i still want to check the front cab I, we haven't looked in the broken window yet we need to see what's up there all right i'll keep an eye on the tree line so i'm going to take my hand off the off the, the trailer and again, inching my way with my back to the to the actual vehicle itself. How 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 high up is this is this uh, cab window? Uh, this cab window, I would say, is like seven feet. You would have to like climb up on the little step there. The little runner, to the, actually, like the running, running board, yeah. whatever it's called. Yeah, okay. I, I'm gonna kind of turn ninety degrees. I'm gonna put my. Is, is like the is the glass completely busted out, or is it is it like jagged, like broken edges? It's like jagged. Hopefully, because it's it's like a. Uh, like a, a, a running board and a high step. Hopefully, it's like a little hand grip to the side of the door that you normally like grab to pull yourself up into the cab. I'm gonna grab that with my left hand, and I'm gonna I'm gonna swing myself up as, like as deftly as I can, just to barely peek in the window. You peek in through the window. It is an empty cabin. Uh, glass is littering the uh, floor and the chairs uh, within the cabin itself, and you do spot like a handprint of uh, blood uh, along the door that's hanging on his hinge. That's the passenger door that's hanging off his hinge. Uh, you also see that there's been a couple of broken bottles in general and a handful of open uh, open wrappers for snacks and stuff. It's, it's basically littered with like little knickknacks here and there. So when we're talking about broken bottles, do the bottles look like they were... Does a cab look ransacked? No, it doesn't appear to be ransacked. I swing back down, and I attach my helmet to Dorothy's again and, and fill her in what I just saw. Uh, Dorothy, by the way, uh, while Poke was doing all this, you definitely have spotted at least two other sets of eyes. Uh, so we're looking at five sets of eyes here. I'd like to do a check, based on my knowledge of the wildlife, to see if I uh, can figure out what exactly is up there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so go ahead and roll. I'll set the stakes. Stakes have been set to 6. Uh, so my survive for animal behavior is D6, but this might be more of a no. But do you know how to survive from Janet's animals? I think either or would be relevant here. Uh, you're more than welcome to spend a plot point if you have it to include another die from the same category. Uh, but you have to pick between survive or no. Uh, so you get, uh, if you went with survive, you get a D10 plus a D6. And then uh, it would definitely be a mental roll. So you'd be rolling a D8 from that. You can take top colonial farmer, because uh, I, I think that maybe will help you here. But you would use that first bullet point, that first special effects, uh, which is where you gain a plot point for rolling a D4 instead of a D8. And I think that what that would represent is that you know your animals at your farm and around your farm, but you're in like a completely different ecosystem. So some of that might not apply here. Like there's a 
chance that you might get it wrong or something like that. So it would get you an extra die, which would be a d4, but it would also give you a plot point if you want to uh, activate it. So the d4 would be in the place of the d8, correct? Yeah. So that would be a d10, a d4, and a d6. D10, D4, D6, plus your D8 from the mental. Four, two, three, five. Alrighty. With a nine, I think you're able to identify this as you see a set of eyes like flicker away and then suddenly appear elsewhere. You know these as branch devils. Now you don't see them by the farm too often. They normally prefer wooded areas like this. And they are basically like they're essentially flying monkeys with large leathery wings like a bat. These, their eyes are kind of set far apart, kind of like uh, binoculars. And they're round and circular like binoculars. And that's what's like glowing, right? Dorothy, do you know, do you know what those are? Well, yes. I mean, my uh, you know dad was a fan of classic movies, hence my name. So, uh, you know, I'm a little bit familiar with that. And uh, yes, I do appreciate the irony um, of uh, the local fauna resembling those. Uh, now, I can't recall off the top of my head uh, if they are predators or more of the scavenger type. Let's bet on the latter. I look back at James, and I kind of gesture with gesture him to come up to the front. Uh, with a quick glance toward that tree line, James, in a sort of like half-crouch, half-run, uh, jogs up to you, uh, ready to help out any way he can. Uh, what's going on, boss? So... We still need to get this rig off this road to pass. Nobody's in the cabin right now, but I can't see if it's in any shape to be moved. While we cover the tree line, can you hop in and see what you can do to get this thing started? But don't start it if you can. Just tell me if it's possible. Yeah, sure. Just, uh, am I allowed to use light here? It's going to be hard to see in the dark. Once you get inside the cab, use, use the light that you can, but keep it to a minimum if you can. Sure. Uh, you'll have to buy me a minute, but I, I, I can do it. And I uh, I look back at, at Dorothy, and I kind of say, Dorothy, something's in this cab, and before we move this, I need to see if, if it's something that we need to save for some buddies. Can you wait here with, with James and help him out while I go back with Valerie and see if we can quietly figure out what's in this cab? Or what's in this, what's in this trailer? Well, are you sure you're not going to need me up there? Are you, are you equipped if it turns out to be not what you were hoping for? Well, maybe you're right. I guess I'll need you on double duty. Why don't you come back with me then? Very good. As we start making our way back to the to the back, I, I kind of try to give the same speech to Dorothy to, to maybe go up there and give uh, James a hand. Sorry, did I say Dorothy? I meant Valerie. Valerie. I, I tell Valerie to give to give James a hand. Valerie is going to join James uh, at the cabin. Uh, and the two of you reach the back of the trailer again. You swear something just flew over your head, uh, but you don't see anything. You just you can't really feel the wind through your suits. Uh, and uh, yeah, uh, the door itself uh, is unlocked. Uh, so you, I assume perhaps you want to open it, or do you want to? Uh, try to figure out the situation or think on the situation a little bit more. I'm going to go to the back of the of the trailer as discreetly as I can, but in a way that will still hopefully resonate with what's inside. I'm gonna rap rap twice on the on the on the back door. As like as like a rhythm, so it's like it's like a you know a steady like so it's like a, a it's a clearly like a rhythm to it. When you do so you can hear a screech and we get a shot of the tree line as several uh, local birds fly out from uh, the trees itself. And suddenly those eyes have gone very close on you uh, as you make that noise. And yeah, I think we're going to enter combat. Or, uh, well, I guess you two don't have to fight if you don't want to, but uh, these creatures are. So the branch devils are uh, going to go. So there's no initiative in the system. Uh, basically what it is, is, um, is basically popcorn. So I'll pick, I'll decide who goes first, and then that person decides who goes next, and it could be a PC or NPC, and then and so on and so forth. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and say, Dorothy, uh, you're going to be first in the action order. What would you like to do as a couple of these branch devils are flying toward you and Poke at 
extremely fast speeds. You're slowly recalling that these are the fastest creatures in the skies. What is their position relative to me and my comrades? They are nearby. I want to say probably 10 feet by the time you realize that they are sweeping in on you. Who are they closest to? I think they're equidistance between you and Poke. I would like to put myself in the way of harm uh, between the uh, creatures and the rest of my party so they'd have to get through me uh, as best they can, given the fact that they are, of course, flying and can, you know, always fly over me, I suppose. Uh, and after that, I would like to open fire the nearest one. Absolutely. Uh, so normally when you all were doing like these rolls that you were just doing, I would be the ro- one rolling first. But because this is a contest and you're the one taking the immediate action, you actually have to roll first without knowing what the stakes are. Uh, and then I'll roll afterwards. So yeah, uh, go ahead and roll to open fire on this creature. So definitely, I've got the D6 uh, for my rifle, and I've got the D6 for shoot. Now, I don't really know that if this would be more of a D6 uh, for physical or a D8 for mental here, because I am, after all, lining up the shot uh, versus actually engaging in any sort of, like, melee. So I'm thinking maybe the two, the D6 for the rifle, the D6 for the shoot, and the D6, the D8 for the mental, if that makes sense. Mental makes sense. You also have your, your rifle is your signature asset, so you get another D6 from that. Uh, I guess of the two I keep, I've got a, let's see, two fours, a six, and a three. So I keep the two top ones, I guess that's a six and a four. No ones, that's good too. Let's see, a total of ten. Now that you've picked the dice that you want to, like, add to your total, you need to pick the die that you haven't, like, used at all uh, as your effect die. Uh, so of your remaining dice that you didn't add together, which die do you want to be your effect die? So the other three die are all uh, D6s, so it would be a D6. Remind me again, you totaled together a 6 and a 4, right? So it would be a total of 10? That's right. Now the defender is going to uh, build their dice pool, uh, which is going to be a D6, a, uh, I would say a uh, 2D6, and a D8. They roll a total of 7, and their effect die is a D8. You are inflicting a D4 complication on them. I think what makes the most sense here is a D4 gunshot wound as you manage to like slug one in their wing, hampering their flight abilities. Very good. The force hears your report of your gunfire and uh, this creature, which is swooping in straight for you and not poke, uh, gets clipped in the wing, uh, causing it to uh, fly up and then crash uh, on top of the uh, trailer itself, uh, where it basically fruitlessly, like, flaps that one wing while the other one, like, flaps rapidly, kind of making it, like, hover in a circle uh, or on top of this trailer. And who do you want to go next in the action order? Pick, pick me, Drew. Pick me. I pick the only uh, other non-NPC. Uh, yeah, just give me a second and I'll call Tony in. No, I'm kidding. Uh, yeah, uh, go ahead. Uh, Poke, you're up next in the action order. What would you like to do? All right, so but before I create an asset, which I have a thought about, from a quick assessment, does it, does it look like the back of this trailer is locked or unlocked? I mean, I'm, I'm not testing it yet. I just want to ascertain if it's locked or unlocked from like, like a quick glance. It looks like it's unlocked. In fact, it it looks like it was probably closed on the inside. Uh, and I say this because uh, it's not supposed to be able to be closed on the inside or open on the inside. Uh, so it looks like it's been closed and then something on the other side has like uh, pinned it closed uh, because there's no like locking mechanism, mechanism on the inside. Okay, so I, I'm going to try to create a, use a plot point to create an asset here. And that's a, a being, being a proprietor of, of a eating establishment, I, I take a lot of deliveries of you know foodstuffs and and other equipment for for the restaurant and i'm, I'm kind of familiar not intimately but pretty familiar with with kind of the general how, how these how these trucks tend to work you know in, in, a, in a very general sense not the specific maker model but I, I like to spend a plot point to try to create an asset which is that that knowledge of how to kind of find a quick release for this for this uh truck to prevent the same thing that just happened being locked from the inside is that possible i knew you were a man who knew his way around a truck yeah, uh, so I think this asset would probably na- be named something like work experience or something. Yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. And keep in mind, like assets aren't just good for a single role; they're good for the rest of the scene. 
anytime that we feel like that asset is relevant in future roles, it's going to be good. Uh, so um, what are you doing now that you have that? So it, basically what, what Polk has, what, what, I, what I have kind of decided in my brain is that there is, I know there's danger out here. I don't know what's inside the truck. There's a chance that what's inside the truck is much less dangerous than what's outside here. So I'm going to try to throw up in the back of this truck and get Dorothy and myself inside to join whoever or whatever's in there. And hopefully it's somebody on our side. And that to me sounds like a, a move roll. Uh, so yeah, go ahead and put your dice pool together as uh, this other uninjured, uh, the second uninjured branch devil uh, is flying straight for you. Okay, so I'm going to roll a D and a D6 here. All right. Can I spend another plot point to add a roll to add a die to that? A bit more spend one of my big damn hero dies. I think I think I need this. I need this to succeed. So I've I've emptied the plot pool tank. I'm gonna spend my d8 big damn hero die. Uh, go ahead and roll it, and then you get to add that to the total. All right, I rolled another two, so I've got a total, grand total of four with a one. So that 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 does not include the one. So I rolled two, two, and a one. So I've got a four plus a complication. Four plus a complication. Uh, okay. Uh, what's hmm. let me go ahead and roll, and we'll figure some stuff out. I'm going to spend a D8 um, from my danger zone uh, to give this creature another D8. Uh, but they're otherwise going to be making the same roll as last time. They have rolled a grand total of 11 uh, with a D6 effect die. What's, uh, what's your effect die that you want to use? D6. Well, I, I guess, but if, if I make it my effect die, I can't include it in the total, right? Correct. Uh, so it would automatically be a d4 then. Uh, so great. Uh, so because they rolled an 11, that obviously blows your stakes out of the water. And so you're going to lose one of your uh, your hero dice. Okay. I'll take care of that. D that D my, D my d4 is gone. Okay. So this creature comes in. It begins to basically like scratch at the... Uh, back of your suit there uh using his tiny fists to, like bat against your helmet as it essentially like lands on your shoulders and goes uh, hog wild uh as you try to uh, undo this release you're fumbling with the uh, quick release and actually i don't think you'd fumble with quick release i think you get the quick release uh the door only like opens like a fraction of an inch and that's when you see that the on the other side of the door uh, that basically this large crowbar has been used to like jam the uh, door shut, um, allowing uh, something or someone to close itself into the trailer. Uh, you're going to take a D6 uh, complication, uh, which is uh, basically cracked faceplate. Its tiny fists aren't super strong, uh, but the repeated beating across your faceplate causes it to fracture, and uh, immediately you know that your suit has been breached. Uh, and yeah, you're going to uh, just have that D6 complication, and uh, you get to pick who's next, whether you have two options at this point, because we're still in the same round. Uh, it's either the injured branch devil or the one that's riding your shoulders. Uh, I'm going to go for the one that's riding my shoulders. The one that's riding your shoulders is basically going to try to take off uh, with you. I, I don't think they are smart enough to know that you're just going to be too heavy for them. But either way, this is potentially going to send you reeling toward the tree line and away from the trailer door. Uh, so let me go ahead and roll because uh, they are the active player here. Uh, so they have a roll a total of 10 with an effect die of a d4. Uh, so how do you kind of prevent this from happening? I try to grab onto the handle of the uh, the back door of the truck to also kind of anchor myself along with it, my just general body weight. To me, it sounds like it would be a physical plus probably, I could see move, survive, or fight. Let's let's go with survive and physical. Any way like a, a like a bonus to that, like a way to step this up since I isn't that since like my body weight's also working against them. It's not just my like actions. Not really, not in this scenario. Okay, I'll I'll roll that. I'll roll the D eight D six then. Well, I guess I'm gonna go where this thing wants to carry me. Uh, I've got a three and a one, so a three with a complication. Uh, what's the one rolled on? D six. It's two straight D sixes that have been ones. I'm going to buy that from you. You'll also lose another hero die, uh, as they have rolled five or more 
uh, than the stakes that you've set. I think there is a moment there uh, which I think causes you to catch your breath a little bit as you're lifted off the ground like a single foot. And it's kind of like being forcibly like moonwalked, uh, where you hop several feet, uh, land on your feet again, hop another several feet as it just can't really like yank you up into the sky like it wants, but it does like get you within the tree line itself. I think we're going to turn this over to the injured branch devil, uh, who is had at this point has stopped trying to fly and is now crawling across the trailer here to then pounce on Dorothy. I think this is going to be a straight up physical plus fight for it, uh, which it's not great at. So it's going to be 2d6. And uh, Dorothy, what would you like to roll in response? Keep in mind, I did just roll an opportunity if anyone wants to buy that. And I rolled a total of four. Remind me again, the opportunity is useful. So if you spend a plot point to buy an opportunity for me, basically you get to step down any complications. It doesn't even have to be relevant to the role. So if you bought it from me, you, you could step down the complication that uh, that Poke has on their suit where the faceplate has been breached. I think I'd like to do that. Unlike what we were previously playing with, uh, D4 complications no longer go away. Uh, instead, next time that D4 complication would be relevant, Poke, since we're stepping down your D6 to the D4, you actually add it to your dice pool uh, to roll against whatever you're rolling against, and you get a plot point. And then, uh, and, and then the complication just goes away uh, once that happens. Uh, so D6 has been stepped down to a D4. So, Dorothy, uh, how do you kind of react to this creature just kind of leaping off the trailer onto you? Are you still, like, kind of fighting back? Are you trying to move out of the way? Well, I'm, I'm trying to get over to where uh, Polk is being lifted up off the ground. That's sort of my big concern now. I'm not really concerned with this vermin trying to, you know, attack me because, I mean, at the end of the day, I want to ensure the survival of my comrades. So I think that's my in-character motivation. Uh, my out-of-character motivation is that I would like to use my survive, particularly because I have a specialty towards animal life. Okay, sure. Uh, I think maybe now that you know what you're dealing with, I think how that translates is that they're just predictable, uh, and so you're trying to uh, judge their behavior uh, that way. So I think you kind of wait until the last minute uh, to predict their leap and then probably dodge out of the way uh, toward poke and i think that's how your defense maneuver there is going to work out uh so yeah absolutely go ahead and roll right so that'd be physical is d6 survives a d10 plus the animal behavior is a d6 if i'm not mistaken so that's a 7 a 5 and a 1 Ooh, what's the uh one rolled on that's one of the d6 i am going to buy that from you uh so you can get another plot point i'm sorry what uh, what's your total uh not uh, not counting the one 12. 12. Okay. You're actually going to get a hero die, which is going to be a d6. Very nice. So this creature thinks it's being clever. It leaps off the top of the trailer, is like inches away from your face when you just sort of side steps it. Uh, and it goes tumbling against the road, uh, asphalt road here. And uh, you begin to break toward uh, Dorothy. Or not Dorothy. <laughs> Dorothy, you begin to break toward Poke. Uh, I think I'm going to actually pick Poke to be next in the action order. So Poke, uh, you have fallen into this kind of like ditch on the side of the road. Uh, as this creature continues to try to like horror you and continue to pull you further into the uh, forest here. You are the active player. What would you like to do? Uh, am, am, I, am I still gripped by this thing or am I, am I momentarily out of its grip when I fall into the ditch? No, you're still gripped on this thing. This this thing is like hanging onto you with this little feet as hard as it can. I look around quickly and try to see if there's anything fist size and hard I could grab really quick. I think looking around, you can easily find something. Uh, you easily find like a, a rock or a heavy branch. Pick up that rock if I can, and I twist myself in the grasp of this thing. And while I'm being dragged on the ground, I try to throw this rock at its head. Sounds like a fight in physical to me. With a D4 complication. All right. All right. Uh, so, question. When I get the plot point for having had this complication, does that happen in the next roll, or can I spend it right now? 
you can't spend it right away. You have to wait until, like, the next roll. Keep in mind, like, you're former high command, right? You could probably be rolling that die. I thought it was, like, that former high command was when I was taking charge, like, doing something in a leadership capacity. Is that not what it is? No, I mean, any anything that, like, would be reasonable that you would have done in high command, which presumably, like, includes combat, right? Oh, sure. I mean, that's why my fight's so high. Okay, well, let me use that D8 then for this roll. Okay, that's a little bit better. So I've got a 5 and 4 for my top dice, minus the 1 for my D4. So I've got a total of 8. I do have another D8 that's a 1, so congratulations. You've got a D8 for your dice pool if you want to buy it. Or danger, danger zone. I do want to buy it for the danger zone, so you said D8. That gives me a plot point, right? Yeah, that does give you a plot point. I've got a total of 8 if you, if you subtract the complication. What's your effect die? Uh, it's going to be that D8, for sure. I'm going to be rolling 2d6, but I'm going to spend a d6 from uh, my danger zone uh, to give it to them. Now, they don't get to automatically add that d6 to the total. They just get to roll it with the dice and have a better chance at things. And so the stakes have been set to uh, 11. Well, it was fun being this ditch, but <laughs> I guess I'm be something for shittier now. I, I think the two of you just con- uh, continue to like tumble uh, with one another within this ditch. Never really get any closer to the trailer, but it never really carries you farther into the woods. Uh, and who do you pick to be next in the action order? I look at Dorothy as part of this choosing her next, and I go, Get the back of that damn trailer open. Get inside. Dorothy, you find yourself between the trailer... Poke and the branch devil that's attacking Poke, uh, and the injured branch devil's like on the other side of you as well. Uh, what would you like to do? My first instinct is to ignore him because I am, after all, an old woman. I don't really know what he expects me to do with this thing. But on the other hand, I did say I'd have his back, so I guess I'll go ahead and see what I can do with this stupid door. Mm-hmm. You're moving the door to try to get it open. Uh, you see that on the other side of the door here, it is, like, pinned by something on the other side of the door. I, I think the crack in the door is just large enough for you to, like, reach in and, like, slowly begin working it out uh, to where it's no longer pinning the door shut. But that's going to take some time. Is that what you want to do? Can I just shoot the damn thing? It looks like it's a metal bar. It, more than likely not. So, uh, question then. With my woods to try and jimmy this thing open, I'm assuming that would sort of leave me open to attack. I have an idea. How wide open is this door? Literally just wide enough for you to work an arm in. Would it be wide enough, say, for me to put the butt of my rifle against the bar that is in there? To try to get it to open that way, or you have another idea? Well, I think I can do two things at once, which is I can um, I can put the butt of my rifle against the steel bar, which is in there, and then while that you know, wretched little creature is sneaking up on me, I can fire off a shot, not really to hit it, but maybe at least to whiz over its head, maybe startle it or something, at least to, you know, at least to buy me some time or something. Well, meanwhile, the kick of that can could potentially, uh, you know, get the uh, metal bar to budge a little bit. Uh, we can do that. Go ahead and roll, and I will roll against you. Now, question. Would a hero dice be applicable to this situation? It could be applicable so long as you have the plot points. It's definitely something you want to consider after you've already made the roll, because you're, you're allowed to roll hero dice after you've already rolled. Um, all right, then. So I guess that would be a physical, plus a shoot, plus a rifle, plus a uh, old country rifle, whatever it is we're calling it. That's a six and three threes. Uh, sounds like it's a total of nine. Um, what do you want your effect die to be? I guess it would have to be one of those, uh, sixes. That's the d6 effect die. Okay. Awesome. So, I think what happens here is, uh, you fire your shot at the presumably injured branch devil, which is still trying to, like, eye you. Uh, and I think you managed to, like, take it out. You fire one shot, boom. Uh, it dodges out of the way and it almost seems to kind of like giggle with assignment as it advances on you. And just as it leaps up again, um, not only do you, uh, fire and catch it, uh, and it has head like snapping back, uh, but you manage to basically, uh, make the bar budge just enough, uh, for the door to open, uh, even more. The bar hasn't been jimmied out completely, uh, but you're now able to just like squeeze in if you wanted. Uh, so with that said, uh, we are still in the action order as we have poor Poke over here getting attacked by a creature. 
your only option is that creature, so uh, we're going to move on the action order to the branch devil. Uh, I think this branch devil is now reaching for his own like rock and is going to try to bash you in the face, uh, Poke. You're just you're just being too dang ornery for it. Uh, so these things use tools. <laughs> yeah, they have thumbs. Why not? I think what I'm going to do here is spend the D8 from the danger zone uh, to add to this pool. But again, these aren't like actually great uh, fighters. They depend on just getting the drop on creatures, flying them up high, and then dropping them to kill them. So uh, since it can't pick you up, uh, it's just going to pick up a rock and try to kill you that way. Uh, so uh, let's see. I have set the stakes to 9 with a D6 effect. You got a 9, so I'm going to go ahead and do the same thing I did last time and try to pick up something larger, maybe a big old stick, and throw it at its face. So I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to roll the same physical fight and command. Yeah, and this is uh, high stakes for both of you. So high stakes is a specific term in the system where if uh, the, basically the loser gets taken out, and that's taken out with a capital T and a capital O. Uh, that doesn't necessarily mean you die. It just means you can't act further in the scene. So I uh, I am definitely going to spend my plot points to spend a hero die because between a D8, a D10, and a D8, I rolled a 1, a 4, and a 2. Dear Lord. I'm going to spend a plot point to roll my last hero die, which is a D6, and I need a 5 or a 6 to not to not be taken out. That's exactly what's happened in this game. Uh, that D6 was another 1. So I've got a grand total of... Does that one also subtract? Uh, it doesn't subtract, it just doesn't add to your roll. So I've got a 5, and you can go ahead and buy that D8... Sorry, yeah, the, the D8 die for a plot point if you want. Yeah, I'm going to buy it for a plot point. So I'm buying a single D8, right? I think what happens here is that uh, you try to reach for a nearby branch. Your fingers are inches away from it. I think it's the same branch that you were using earlier, but you had dropped it in the scuffle. And uh, just as you grab onto it, it manages to land a solid blow against your faceplate, uh, cracking it wide open. You're going to take a Toxins D6 uh, as the air is contaminated, as we've already discussed, and it's already beginning to work through you. Um, what's, you actually tell me, what does it look like when a person is having a reaction to the toxins in the air like this? So I start to get... It's less of like a visual uh, effect and more of, of like a, of a mental muddying. So my, I start to see kind of after movements of things, kind of, kind of uh, what are those called? Not like I'm seeing double, but I'm seeing like a delay in movement. My brain thinks I'm seeing things that aren't there. They're not hallucinations, but they're like, they are subtle like movement, like movements, false movements, false like colors, like shapes, that kind of thing. It's, it's, it's all like a, like a mental trick essentially. But but it's not, not like I'm hallucinating, like I'm seeing like my my dead grandmother or anything. It's just that I'm I'm seeing, starting to see like like visual artifacts that aren't there. I think the last thing you hear as you're like coming in and out of this uh, situation is the sort of like cackling as we see this these artifacts through your field of view. Uh, and we're going to cut over to Dorothy, who is going to be next in the action order. Uh, Dorothy, you have managed to pry the trailer door open enough. You see at the very end of the trailer, basically on the other side of the cabin there, right? Uh, a body sort of like huddled over. Um, it is too dark in the trailer to actually make out who it is, but you can tell that they're humanoid as they like lift their head off the uh, floor there very slowly and just only a few inches off the uh, floor. Uh, that said, you can hear the cackling of the branch devil that has been scuffling with Poke out in the uh, ditch all of like six paces away. What do you do? Can you hear me? I, I need water, yo. Yeah, water. You're going to have to come get it. I'm a little hot. Can you come over here? I can't. It's hard to breathe. Come on. He begins to, like, get up a little bit, uh, staggers, uh, and so he winds up crawling toward you in the in the back of the trailer. It's going to take him ages uh, to do so. Meanwhile, you can see that the branch devil off to your side is starting to drag Poke out of the ditch and into the trees. 
I shoot it in the head. Go ahead and uh, roll for it. Uh, I'm going to spend that d8 to add it to its pool, so it's going to have a pretty meaty roll for this, I think. Uh, and this is high stakes, but only for it. So high stakes can be like one-sided. Uh, since it's not like attacking you, its goal here in its defense is to just try to move with its prey. Uh, whereas you're going to be fine if you fail this roll. It doesn't matter because I rolled boxcars. Okay. Oh, awesome. That's a total of 12. What's your effect die? Your effect die does still matter here, even though you, you do beat it. It is the D8. I got a 5. I got a 6, 6, 5, 2. Awesome. They rolled triple fives, uh, so that's a total of 10 with a D6 effect. So not only were you successful, your effect die is still bigger, and so you take it out. Its head whips back just like the other one, uh, and Poke slowly like slides back into the ditch. It, it just barely managed to get it uh, cresting over the uh, ditch there and into the tree line when you managed to uh, nab it. Uh, Poke's body is kind of ragdolling right now. Uh, you can see that his vermilion faceplate has been busted open and his face is a bloody red. His eyes are only like half open and uh, by the time this all happens the person that's in the back of the trailer finally reaches the trailer door. They are completely pallid. You can see the veins uh, have darkened, uh, probably from the toxins of the environment. This The back of this trailer is not meant to act as a sort of like isolation chamber, right? And you see a familiar face, and that is Mars from the mall. And that's where we're gonna end today's session. All music and art provided for the show was done by Solly, aka James, who can be found in the show notes. If you would like to keep up with the latest Starshot news, follow us on Twitter at StarshotPod. We hope you enjoyed this episode, and we'll see you on the stars.